When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I mean, it just sucks that we lost this bad, you know? Um, I mean, if we just lost by three, seven, ten points, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as bad as, as before, you know? People lose games, you know? We, we, we're not expected to go uh, undefeated for the rest of the season, you know? Uh, things happen, you know, it's the NFL, uh, you know, we, there, there's good teams that we're playing. Uh, so I mean, it's just the fact that we lost by 37 points at home. Uh, so it's just embarrassing, uh, just being in that type of situation. Uh, and I mean, we just didn't play good in all phases. Oh, excuse me. I'm getting choked up just listening to Justin Jefferson perfectly sum up how most Vikings fans feel about that game. Yeah, you lose games, but good God. He also went on to very interestingly, and and he was a thousand percent right, say we didn't adjust quickly enough. Everyone is learning, including the coaching staff, which I really liked. But he didn't do it in an abrasive way, and he's a thousand percent right. Did he say coaching staff? He said we have a new coaching staff. And but but he was talking Uh-oh. about the fact that they didn't Uh-oh. adjust to the pressure on Kirk, and they you know Sounds what like a schism to they me. did okay. they did like the coaches. He's yeah. demanding a trade. So 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 great great work by by our friend Seifert. So Justin was asked a question, and he got into a little bit about you know we didn't adjust blah blah blah. So the next question, Kevin Seifert, ESPN, old tactic right. Like, you can't let that go. You got to ask a follow-up off the fact that you just talked about coaching. So Seifert got right in there, a- asked it, and got, got him to open up a bit more. But it was uh, it was an interesting it was an interesting comment because it was 1,000% true. But it was, yeah. also, it was also one of those ones that most players probably aren't going to do. But when you're Justin Jefferson, you do it. Yeah, and, uh, and it, is, it is fair to say in a tactful way that, yeah, I think that the coaching – and Kevin O'Connell fell on that sword right after the game, too. Yeah. So. Anyhow, uh, no coaching problems on Purple Daily here. The three of us, uh, as the Purple Daily Leadership Cabinet Executive Office, we're still working on that. Um, should we unveil that, by the way? I think it's, let me, we we have a Purple Daily Leadership Cabinet thing that we are going to unveil. I should give it one more day just to make sure that we get Judd's bio on the website and the application submission function working properly. But I think we're, we're ready to go, to go to the next step. With the Purple Daily Leadership Cabinet. All right. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, the show is presented by our friends over at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. 
They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL and our friends at Surly. A lot of victory beers consumed this year by Purple Daily listeners. Not as many this week. No. Nope. The, the, the tearing your beer kind this week. That's it. That's right. And as always, show us your cans on Twitter at Jay Zolgad at, at Score North. Uh, because we want to see what type, what flavor of Surly you're drinking. Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, and you know, guys, the Thanksgiving table, it's loaded, right? It's loaded. Oh, yeah. You got the turkey on there. You got the ma- you got the mashed potatoes. You got all that stuff on there. But, ladies and gentlemen, may I urge you right now, a plea, two days before Turkey Day, leave some room on that table for some Surly. Furious, Logic Bomb, uh, Before I Die, the choice is yours. But the choice is also yours to leave a spot or three or whatever on the table so a surly brewing can be included on the Thanksgiving table because we should all be thankful for the fact that we can get surly beer. All right, let's get into Feedback Friday on a Tuesday here, and then we'll get to our pigskin packing order. Where do the Vikings rank after that drubbing? What are people saying about the Vikings? Judd guesses the PFF grades, but we figure we're, so for this Friday, we're not going to really do feedback Friday because we're going to be reacting to the game from Thursday. Uh, so let's go through some of your reactions from the last couple days here via the Score North app and other places. Joe Brown says Kirk has played well this season and deserves a lot of credit for that, but he has physical limitations that don't allow him to escape pressure the way guys like Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson can in order to extend drives. Kirk is a pocket passer with decent athletic ability for rollouts in the occasional scramble, but without a stellar supporting cast, he is not physically able to do it on his own. Bottom line, he simply cannot be paid as much as he is because then the team does not have the ability to surround him with the support that he needs. The Vikings need a top-shelf quarterback now. Justin Jefferson is in his prime. TJ Hawkinson is in his prime. Thielen's about to decline. Dalvin's nearing the end of his prime. If the Vikings spend the next five years whiffing on quarterbacks, it'll be a huge opportunity missed. Identify the quarterback in the draft that they believe is the next Mahomes. Go get him now, no matter the cost. Mm. No matter what. Don't throw the towel, no in, matter what. In a world. No matter what. Where the Vikings are desperate. Wow. How do you feel about this huh. This Cousins sentiment? Uh, mixed emotions, because I don't necessarily disagree across the board. I don't know if the ask is possible. I, I mean, the guy has a has a no-trade clause for 2023. Now, could, could he waive that? I guess he possibly could. But... Um, I don't completely disagree at all with the sentiment. Do I think it's realistic that Kirk Cousins is not going to be the quarterback next year? Probably not. Do I do I think that that might be it for him? Absolutely. But like if the sentiment is you for 2023 you need a quarterback and it can't be Kirk, I don't think it's realistic to you. Well, I mean, it's people kind of make fun of us throughout the last couple of years because well, you're gonna. What are you gonna do? Just move off Kirk and find the next Mahomes? Oh, like that's easy. No one's saying it's easy. Yeah. But if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, the next two months are gonna be very, very key in determining is Kirk that guy for Kevin O'Connell. Mm-hmm. If you bounce back and you beat the Patriots and you continue on with like a 13 win regular season and you do some stuff in the playoffs, then all right, I'm. 
I'm going to have a lot less interest in burning a first-round pick, trading up, by the way, in the first round, most likely, to get a quarterback and burning resources. But if there's a few more games like this where it's not that he's to blame, he's not to blame for the Cowboys' loss. He's not to blame necessarily for the Eagles' loss. There was a couple other weird things that happened. Um, But is he enough of a solution when things are going poorly? Like the other guys that Joe Brown, the, uh, the emailer, mentions, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, less so Kyler Murray this year, and Lamar Jackson. Those guys are solutions when things are crumbling around their teams. You know, you're down by double digits. And I know that Kirk has done that a couple times this year. Um, I just need to see, I need to see him continuing to be the solution for imperfections around him. It can't just be that if you can create conditions that reach right. this level, then, then he's great. It's like, yeah, but is that, is that a mirage in an NFL desert, right? It's the thing that you're always trying to, like, how many years are you going to keep going back to the same well with him as one of the highest paid quarterbacks? So the next two months are going to determine a lot for the future of that position for this team. I think there's a very good chance that that yes that you are right. I guess the question is this: um, if, if they if you know Kirk struggles again or something, and and KOC's like you know what I mean, I helped him, but I can't I can't get him to a championship caliber quarterback. The question becomes: okay, you're going to at that point in time design an exit plan with Quasi, but how quickly can you hit that door and make the plan work? Like, can you? Because he because he controls that discussion exactly. through next season. And do and do these guys think that they can get a pick high enough to bring in a quarterback that they like enough to be the replacement? Like this, I totally get the question. I totally get the points. I guess what I'm saying is, your decision doesn't just because you can make a decision doesn't make it less tricky at that point. Yeah, it's it's very very likely that if the Vikings at any point in the next few years, in the whatever, next three to five years, if they change quarterbacks, it's very likely that 2023 isn't going to be that year. It would, because like the only way I could see that happen, now could they draft someone and like the Chiefs did and stick him behind Cousins? They could. But, you know, there's also a window here with the Packers coming down. There's a window to just, if you can keep adding pieces to this thing right now and take a step forward, so I, I think I think they're going to want to see a second season with Cousins, and again, like th- this season still has a ton of potential. They're freaking eight and two right. for God's sakes, right? So this is like we're getting way ahead here, but um, I think I think they're gonna, I think they're going to want to give it two years of Kirk and KOC and building this thing. And let's say after two years, they just determine, sorry, man, we just there's a glass ceiling here. It's the Alex Smith Chiefs thing. We can be good, but there's no way we can win a championship doing it this way. In 2024, you're still going to have likely Justin Jefferson in his prime, TJ Hawkinson in his prime. You're probably going to not have Dalvin Cook by that point, but you're going to have Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill in their primes. So you're, you're, you still have some pillars here two years from now to where I don't, I don't think it's urgent. You don't have a bunch of guys like on the age cliff. You have Thielen on the age cliff, but. You can you can probably draft someone to make up for that. So, oh. well, what's what's interesting from Kirk's perspective too is his equity from a stat side has fallen off. Like, I mean, we've all everyone's known Kirk from a box score quarterback, right? He has amazing stats. Well, this year across the board, across the board, outside of game winning drives, which he has been very good at this year, his stats have taken a pretty significant nosedive, and he's mm-hmm. thirty four going on thirty five. So his his own equity of trying to, I like the short-term deals, I like to cash in early, 
there's going to be other teams that probably don't watch a lot of Vikings football. I know NFL scouts probably know more than we do, but they're going to look at that and say, wait, this guy went from three straight seasons of a pass rating over 100 to 85 this year. You know, right now he's at 85 this year. His stats are plummeting. We can't commit long-term to a guy who's on the other side of 30 and his statistics are starting to fall off. So that's another like just interesting part, not just from the Vikings side to commit to him, from Kirk's camp of, we're probably not going to get another $35, $40 million cap hit again. We're going to have to settle for what we can find. Yeah, which is, that's another thing, too, is what if he does say, you know what, I I get it, too. I'm getting older, and I'm happy to I'm happy to do much more team-friendly contracts going forward. Then they'll have to sort of, okay, all right, does it, what, define team-friendly, right? right? They can kind of go down that path. So uh, Adam Turner here says the fourth quarter comebacks are great, but I wanted to ask this question. Is Kirk a fit for this offensive system? It feels like they should be producing way more with the amount of talent on offense. And that kind of goes to Declan's point. One of the biggest things we've wanted to see from this Vikings team is on the, on the checklist of, are you actually a contender? Can you blow a team out? Can you create some separation? Can you win a game by 10 points or 17 points? Forget 40 points. Forget what the Cowboys did to the Vikings. Can you just win a game like 30 to 14 or something? We haven't seen that from this year's team. And a big reason for that is because the quarterback outside of, and again, give me the high leverage success. Give me the fourth quarter comebacks all day long. But almost every one of those wins, the offense and the passing game have disappeared for like two full quarters, which is why his numbers are down or vice versa, you know? The eight and two record goes a long way towards um, glossing o- over the fact that we have no idea deep down when when they close the doors at TCO and talk about their plans. We have no idea what KOC truly thinks about Kirk. And we, we won't. And we won't. No, right. But I, but I mean, he could he could go into crazy and say, "Yeah, you know, my offense is geared to score some bleeping points, and we're not scoring." enough points and the problem begins with x y and z and so yeah this is look kevin o'connell i think we all can agree even with as as bad as it got on sunday has done a magnificent job of getting what he can from these players but i always go back to this a lot of these players aren't his players they're guys that he said i can work with and he has done a good job when it comes to wins and losses but his grand plan could involve a very different look a very different look that we know would include Justin Jefferson, for sure. Uh, you know, Derisaw, O'Neal. But there's a lot of skill position players that we have no clue if Kevin O'Connell tr- truly thinks that they're the best fits for what he, he wants to do. Yeah. You know, the the to me, the biggest question that I would have when evaluating Kirk, it's less about, like, the Dallas game or, like, the Dallas game wasn't his fault. The... The, right. the, the Eagles game, there's a bad route by Jefferson. Like any individual game, you can say you can play the it's not his fault game, which which, by the way, Cousins Crusaders love. They've made a, a lifetime and a career out of, you know, I it's not his fault. But my biggest thing with him would be more of a macro problem that in his life as a starting quarterback, high school, college, Washington, Minnesota, his teams have come. Nowhere near a championship. Nowhere near a championship. The closest any of his teams came was probably the 2010 Michigan State team, uh, a team that also, by the way, had Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they had some. They had some players on that team. 
That team went 11-2, and and they wound up in the Capital One Bowl and got absolutely blasted by Alabama, 49-7 to in the Capital One Bowl. So the out, the Outback Bowl and the Capital One Bowl are basically like the furthest that his any of his teams ever, again, high school, college, 10 years in the NFL, eight years as a starter. Why is that? Is that because all of the things around him have always just been inferior? Or is he part of the common denominator? Is he is he a a good but glass ceiling quarterback who just can only take you so far? He's professional enough and good enough to to make you competitive, but not dynamic enough on the field, off the field, et cetera, to push you up to that next level. I'm going to give him the rest of this season for sure because this is a car that's it's one of the best cars he's ever been able to drive. Uh, but I do have questions just looking at his 15-plus years as a quarterback across multiple levels. I question whether he has that thing inside of him. So, Judd, are you okay there, by the way? I think I'm fine. Am I breaking up? You're, you're a, little, may, uh, a little robotic. I think we may be losing Judd here, so let's let's give Judd a second while we talk about our friends over at Federated, helping business owners maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources. Federated's been around since 1904. They're based in Owatonna, Minnesota, and um, they're all about just being a great offensive line for your business, basically. Great guiding hand. They measure their success by the success of your business. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Chill Boys, especially as the weather gets colder. Oh, yeah. You know, and the temperature's in the 30s. Uh, the Chill Boy long underwear. I've been rocking that hooded sweatshirt too. Man. Some of the other yeah. like the underwear is that is that a Chill Boys hoodie? It is. Right there? It is a Chill Boys hooded sweatshirt, oh, and I got oh, my Chill Boys guy. performance brands on. I got all, I got all I got it all on I, on Bentline. I, I rocked the Judd outfit, which is of course the long underwear with the basketball shorts over. And uh, my fiance said, "Why are you wearing that?" And I said, "Because it's comfort. It's comfortable, and it's Sunday. And if we're getting our asses kicked, I want to be comfortable. I don't think that that's too much to ask." My friends at Chill Boys helped me out there. Amazing. Uh, it's a Minnesota-based company. You can find them online at chillboys.com, chillboys.com. Uh, and one more shout-out for now here before we get into a couple more feedbacks and uh, where we think the Vikings rank. Nutrisource is the official dog food of Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Uh, old Macadac is flying solo here. Uh, it's a daddy-daughter week in the Mackie household. It's just me and Maya. And she was very respectful she waited till I woke up this morning, and then she uh, slowly kind of pawed me in the face and said, Hey, Dad, Dad, where's my Nutrisource chicken and rice? Get up. Get up, you son of a gun. Uh, look at Stella sitting by her training treats there, Judd. Mm. She, was, uh, she had me up at 5.45 this morning. She wasn't patient. Stella said, Dad, it's time to get up, get your butt out of bed, and feed me my Nutrisource. And I'm like, all right, I will. And so, yeah, my my doggy d- daughter, not nearly as good as Maya today. But you know what she got? She got her Nutrisource, and she was very happy and immediately went back to bed. Who's a good Who's girl? girl? Uh, NutrisourcePetFoods.com. That's NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer in your neck of the woods. Uh, Frank Moyers here says, you overlook the weakness Kirk has. I'm not sure that's true. 
<laughs> you overlook the weaknesses Kirk has. That is the most false statement in the history of Purple Daily. But Frank will continue here. His immobility means rushers have no lane responsibility at all. They know where he's going to be. More importantly, he can't or won't throw timing patterns. Quick releases is not a skill that he has like Tom Brady. Um, I think that I think I think the yes, like him throwing timing patterns seems to be a problem. Like even Kurt Warner has pointed that out in the YouTube videos. So he doesn't necessarily have the same. Like Tom Brady is excellent throughout his career. Lately, it's been a little bit more dicey, but against pressure because of that exact thing. Uh, Cousins generally likes to see a guy flash open or have one-on-one coverage that he can put a perfect pass into a tight window. So uh, I'll give you this one more here. We can get into where do the Vikings rank. Carl Williams, I do not blame that loss on Kirk. I definitely think there were a few times he should let it rip earlier, but the play calling was terrible. Zero hot reads for Kirk. Also, we definitely need to draft the, the quarterback of the future in this draft. It's loaded, and we need to find our diamond in the rough. So people are getting a little antsier for that quarterback of the future after that Dallas game. Were there zero hot reads or, or did Kirk not, not have time to even find them? I think that was more it. Yeah. I'm again, this game against Dallas, it's really hard to pin blame yes. on Kirk cousins. Yes. And we are noted, terrible. noted cousins. Noted haters. Kirk haters. Saying that. <laughs> So, all right, anyhow, uh, let's get into where do the Vikings rank here? The pigskin pecking order, gentlemen, as I will attempt to pop this up on the screen for the YouTube audience. Every week, the three of us put our heads together, and we rank the top ten teams in the NFL. We've had the Vikings top three collectively last week going into the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, can you guys see this okay? I've got it on yes. a different screen. You guys are yes. okay. See it yep. real good. All right. We're good. So let's go through now. We put all of our rankings into a bin. We stirred it around, and this is the aggregate of the Purple Daily CEO, CBO, clickbait officer, and CBDO, the chief beverage distribution officer. The number one team in the NFL, according to us, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. We all have them number one. Yep. Tough to tough to argue yeah, that at this point, right? Very hard to. Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, you could maybe argue this a little bit, but it's. I think there's a clear line between number one and the other teams. Yes. Best Personal. record, correct? Yes. Eagles the Chiefs have a have couple losses. Yeah. Yep. 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 Right. Tied for third, oh, the Buffalo the Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. Number five, the Baltimore Ravens, which means the Vikings have fallen out of the top five for the first time in like over a month on our pigskin pecking order here. Number six, the Miami Dolphins. What the hell? On a bye week. Number seven, the Minnesota Vikings. We'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Eight, the San Francisco 49ers that just destroyed the Cardinals in Mexico and Colt McCoy last night. Yeah. Tennessee yeah. Titans, nine, and the Cincinnati Bengals back in the pigskin pecking order. Oh, interesting. Okay. This is where we had the Vikings each. Declan's still pretty high on the Vikings. He has them fifth. Judd, you dropped them to seventh. I drop them to eighth. I, I I think they need to reprove themselves to climb back up. There's there's too many factors now. They got smoked at home. Yep. Their point differential is minus. Um. So I just I know the win loss record is great, but I just need to see a little something against the Patriots. So, Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, Cowboys tied at three. Ravens five. 
Dolphins 6, Vikings 7, San Fran 8, Titans 9, Bengals 10. Your thoughts? Okay, this is interesting. This is very interesting. First of all, the Giants are out. And and the Giants, to me, I think I still had them in, but I, I think I dropped them personally to 10th uh, because I'm not sure that they aren't. I I like them to be a bigger fraud. If if we're now going to say the Vikings are frauds, I think the Giants are probably a bit bigger frauds than the, the Vikings. They just got spanked by Detroit. Now, Detroit's playing better, but they still yeah. got spanked by Detroit. Um, I struggled with this a little bit just as far as where to put the – putting the Vikings behind uh, the Dolphins in the sense that they beat the Dolphins, but they beat them without Tua. Yeah, they, yeah. And the Dolphins are just clearly a different team when Tua's not playing. Um, Here's the thing, and I'm guilty of this too, and I did my rankings before the game last night, but San Fran was in my top 10. San Fran's the one team I could see shooting up quite a bit in the next couple weeks. So I, I, had, I like I had, where they're at. I had San Fran six. Okay. Declan had them eight, and Judd, you had them nine. So yeah, you're I, the you're the guilty culprit. I know that's what I'm saying. Back hey, on this ranking, I'm calling hey. myself out. I'm calling myself out, but I am saying that by next uh, week when we do this exercise again, I could see San Fran bolting up quite a bit in my personal rankings as well. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, did you guys see by the way the? The video back oh to back God. of Jimmy Garoppolo walking into the stadium that with just fair. this ten thousand dollar pink suit on. That wasn't fair. And then they show Colt McCoy with Good like old a Texas Coles, boy, a, yeah, like a button up and like shirt. Yeah, and like a badge on, like a security badge. Right? Yeah. Did, did, didn't he have like a lanyard yeah. hang, oh. hanging around his neck? It, that was awesome. They you know what someone, though? Garoppolo, man, you can't compete with Garoppolo. I'm no. glad he didn't even try. My favorite tweet, I forgot who tweeted this, so sorry to a random hilarious person on Twitter, was they retweeted the video and said, I've seen this Hallmark Christmas movie yes, uh, about yes. 10 times. The you know the, the woman winds up leaving Jimmy Garoppolo for uh, Colt McCoy, who she met at a Christmas tree farm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I was in a room... With Jimmy Garoppolo, Kevin O'Connell, and my fiance, I can guarantee you I would not be picked by my fiance. I would be the first one out of the three roses. That would be no problem. O'Connell would be out then. I mean, Jimmy she G loves, has to win. Yeah, she loves both, but I think Jimmy, Jimmy G, G is wins. A, Jimmy G is a great looking I, I, man. I agree with the tweeter, though. I think that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is like the guy that's with the girl at the beginning of the movie, but then by the end she you know, settles for, for some farm boy or something. Yeah, yeah. Right, but then every the once in a while she goes back to Garoppolo. Honey, I'm going to go get some milk. Okay. The, the, the 49ers, by the way, they play so they play uh, three consecutive home games the next three weeks. The next road game they play isn't until the middle of December. They get New Orleans, so that's going to probably bump them to 7-4. and four. Miami on December 4th is going to be a hell of a game. Oh, yeah. And then Tampa Bay should be a good matchup. Their schedule is actually pretty tough. They get... New Orleans should be a win, but Miami, Tampa Bay, Seattle on the road, tough game. That's a Thursday night game. And then uh, Washington at home, they're going to be favored, but that's a feisty team at the Raiders and then home against the Cardinals. So their schedule might prevent them from, like, running the table or something. But there we go. So the Vikings, we've we've bumped them out of the top three yeah. to fifth, seventh, and eighth collectively here, boys. Mm-hmm. And that is our pigskin pecking order. Mm-hmm. On Purple Daily. Um, 
yeah, they just, they don't, we've been kind of saying this, and we can get to what are people saying about the Vikings because they're, now they're saying everything that they were hinting at for weeks, but they've been walking this tightrope. They've been, they've been flirting with disaster games, and then they just like find a way in the second half or the fourth quarter to come back. Right. And we've been saying, all right, but once they put it together, they're going to start to widen some of these leads. And they did the opposite against Dallas. Like everything that you kind of feared came crumbling. But, you know, it is a league where you can just kind of bounce back and it can change. I mean, look at the Buffalo Bills. They bounce back and they put up a bunch of points and everything's feeling good after a devastating, soul-crushing loss. So, Of that entire list, I love the Chiefs. The Chiefs are playing great. The Chiefs are unbelievable. After that... There's no team that I'm, I'm that I think, oh whoa, that team is great. I mean, starting with, despite their record, Philadelphia, I don't love them. So like, like once you get past the fact that the Chiefs have the best QB in the game and are a really damn good team, uh, there is no one two through ten who I absolutely think to myself, I love that team. I think and, the uh, uh, Dolphins are the clear cut second best team now in the AFC. Especially to a healthy, I think that's the most. I think that they pose a more threat to me than Buffalo does. I, I just I think Buffalo gets so turnover happy now with Josh Allen that he can kind of shipwreck the game. And I think I think Miami has has jumped over Buffalo as the second best team in the AFC. Still not on the Chiefs I mean, level, but I don't know that I would say clear cut. I won't. I didn't. I didn't have the Dolphins that high. I won't fight you on them being the second best team. But I, what I would say is football is very different from this point going forward. Where you now now you're playing some right. weird weather games, you're playing you're you're getting teams ramping up for playoff competition in December, early January. So I am curious, just like I'm curious to see the Vikings in that environment. Yep. Um, I am curious to see what the Dolphins look like this shiny new thing that's just kind of you know scoring all these points. Okay, what does it look like? Have you peaked already, or have pl- you saved something for December? Yeah, yeah, and playoffs get to be really, really weird at, at times. And I don't, I don't know a shiny new toy like the Dolphins in playoffs. If you put them in the wrong environment, weather, it could be really, really tough for them. Yeah, going to Buffalo or something, yeah. or going, we'll, we'll see. So uh, Declan sent us this link here. The Ringer has their latest NFL power rankings up, and they have different categories. Yep. So. The first category is the best of the best, and they've got the Eagles number one, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs number two. The Bills are third, so they've got those three teams as best of the best. And then they've got a category called deep postseason contenders. Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers, Baltimore Ravens, Dallas Cowboys. And the next category is flawed postseason contenders, and that's where they have the Vikings at eight, followed by the Titans, the Buccaneers, and the Seahawks. Here's what they say about the Vikings. What are people saying about the Vikings? Uh, Losing to the Cowboys by 37 points at home was a shock even for the loudest Vikings doubters. The offensive line couldn't protect. The early down offense was abysmal. And the defense had no answers for Pollard and Prescott. Minnesota is now tied with the Chiefs for the second best record in the NFL, but they sport a negative point, uh, point differential, minus two. Fifteen other teams have a better point differential than the Vikings. They're now 19th in offensive expected points per drive, 30th in yards per play allowed. Both sides of the ball 
have to improve significantly if the Vikings are going to win in the postseason. It's so weird because this team this team profiles like yet another eight to nine win team. But they've already racked up eight wins in ten games because they've pulled some wins out of their you know what. So you know, if they if they just keep playing even like five hundred football, they're gonna finish with eleven or twelve wins. If they just if they stumble down the stretch, they're gonna finish with eleven or twelve wins yep. and maybe even play a home playoff game. So it it's so weird. I acknowledge that yes, they are not they don't profile as an eight and two team, but they don't have to give any of those wins back or apologize. Are they they're a combination of lucky and opportunistic, but being opportunistic is is a bit of, of a skill because Kirk for a long time was not. And so I guess the question becomes how far can you take that? Now I do agree though, like like Phil, you're you're right. We're now into a time where the games change and the playoffs, they change again. Um, so I think it's a very fair question to ask this. Are the Vikings built like a team that can win playoff games? Because I mean, that's a whole different thing. Uh, first of all, first of all, I'm not going to say that, that offense is not important, but you can win low scoring playoff games. Is your defense good enough to help you do that? And, you know, as far as the offense goes, can you continue to be opportunistic enough and can you continue to like they did against the bills find ways to use jefferson even though he's being focused on yeah well i think the so if you went through a checklist of you know what are the what are the most important things in the playoffs well controlling the trenches Mm -hmm. is pretty high football there's been times this season where the Vikings have absolutely controlled the trenches. I think the last couple weeks it's been very dicey. The the Bills, the Bills controlled you for a long time in that game, mm-hmm. um, and then the Cowboys controlled you for the entire afternoon. I would say another thing that's that's generally very important is a quarterback, an elite quarterback that can overcome pressure and both literal and figurative pressure. That can go on the road and maybe keep plays alive with his legs too. That's not always a prerequisite because Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and whatnot. They don't really have that either. So they need to find, they need to sort of rediscover what is the thing that you hang your hat on end of November, December, early January as this thing ratchets up and teams are jockeying for playoff position. What is the thing that makes you confident they can make a run? It's hard, it's hard after getting drubbed by 37 points against Dallas to find that thing. And the, the one thing that got exploited on Sunday, too, is, is this. Coaching staff-wise, can you make adjustments? Because they really didn't on Sunday. They and they, they did not on both sides of the, the ball. And I understand that Dallas was whooping them. But there are things that you can do to at least try to slow the bleeding a bit, right? And, I mean, Micah Parsons, he's a great player. But that's not like breaking news. It's not like he had a breakout game. I never saw this coming. Um but as he's kicking your ass, are there things that that you can uh, do to adjust? Um, Kirk has to throw the ball quicker. Do you run more? I mean, that game got so out of control from a, a pass-to-run standpoint for the Vikings that, unfortunately, the run in a game in which the run would have been nice to control some clock and actually use, you didn't run because you fell behind so quickly. So, like, there's a lot of... there. There's a lot of things that got pointed out on Sunday that certainly can be addressed because at some point in time in the playoffs, like 
what we saw from the Cowboys is going to be the norm in a playoff game. Yeah. That's what you're going to face. Yep. What else are people saying about the Vikings? 538.com. They've, they've, they have some sort of uh, analytical ranking system, the ELO rankings, and they do win projections and stuff. So they've, they do playoff percentage chances, Super Bowl percentage chances. Right now the Chiefs have... The Chiefs are the best team in the league. They have a 23% chance to win the Super Bowl. Cowboys, second best team in the league, 16% chance to win the Super Bowl. The Vikings at one point were like third or fourth on this list. They are bumped down to eighth now, mm-hmm. still with a 99% chance to win the division. Or I'm sorry, that's actually down to 97. A 97% chance to win the division. Lions. But a 14% chance at a first round bye still. And a 5% chance to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So there's still you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> they still have some semblance of hope, but uh, th- they are behind in these rankings in terms of NFC Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, uh, and then the Vikings are the fourth ranked team in the NFC ahead of Buccaneers, Seahawks, Commanders. That's exactly right. That's very very fair. Okay. No problem. Uh, so with that. that's what that's what some of the. The rankings and national perspective are saying about the Vikings here after this debacle. There's going to be a lot of people nationally Thursday who are going to be itching to see the Vikings lose so that that they can basically completely dismiss them. Yeah. And honestly, if they get if they get beat or the offense can't score points again, and it's a good defense, but you're playing a home game, you've got a bunch of weapons, find a way to score points. Yes. And if that doesn't happen, they probably deserve to get hammered. You know, the season didn't end when you beat Buffalo. I think a lot of people were acting like that. Oh, my God, it's a magic carpet ride season. It's November. <laughs> Calm down. It's fun. It's awesome. It's one of the best regular season wins ever. But there are still a ton of games to be played, and, and they didn't accomplish anything at the halfway point, basically, of the season. Here's the interesting Correct. note, too, on 538. So you can, you can do... Um you know, matchup builders, you can do wins and losses, and it fluctuates all of the percentages that Phil was just talking about from the Super Bowl odds to division odds to even first round by. So if the Vikings beat the Patriots on Thursday Night Football and the Eagles and Cowboys lose their respective games, Cowboys play the Giants and the Eagles play the Packers, the Vikings and Eagles would be tied for the best chance to have a first round by. It would both be 38% chance at a first round by, which proves how crazy one week can change everything, right? Yeah. Like the Vikings fall off the face of the earth because they get their butts kicked by the Cowboys. Well, if you bounce back and you get a little help, one week from now, we're literally talking about the Vikings having the best chance to get a first round by with the Eagles. Yep. Crazy league? Crazy league? Crazy league? Absolutely crazy. Absolutely. I mean, Detroit smokes the Giants. Crazy league. Philadelphia's going to lose to the Colts. Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday can't coach. He's never coached a National Football League game or a college game. He's going to be an abject failure. He almost beat the Eagles. It is a crazy league. I do want to say this, though. I do want to make it very clear. I think the Vikings are going to bounce back. I think that the tone established, and I mean, yes, that was a complete embarrassment debacle. I see I see nothing good from it. Uh, it certainly did kick sand in your, your face, and it gave... The naysayers, a lot of ammunition to rip you. I get all that. But with what I've seen so far, and I can only go on what we've seen from O'Connell and from how this team has has approached things, I think they bounce back. 
I don't think that Sunday was a death knell. Now, it's concerning, and I do think there are things to be addressed for sure. Uh, but if you were to ask me right now, do you, yes or no, could, are they going to bounce back? I think that they are. I really do. Yeah. Their schedule is is pretty wonky, though. You get these, it's you're playing home games, but short week against Bill Belichick, that New England defense, that team's a playoff team right now. Mm-hmm. Then you get the Jets, make fun of the Jets all you want. That's a really good defense. Yes. And they're going to go back to the drawing board to see if they can score some points, but it's no guarantee that you're going to light the sky up against the Jets. That Detroit game on Sunday, December 11th, a few weeks ago may have looked like, oh, man, that's a bye, basically. They've that's won tougher. three in a row, and they're playing tough football. Yep. Uh, the Colts, who knows what the hell that team's going to look like in a month from now. But then the Giants are in the mix for a playoff run. Who knows what Green Bay is going to be all about on January 1st. You don't know. Yep. And Chicago, you know, Chicago, Chicago, they haven't figured out how to win a lot of games, but that's a fun, competitive team with a quarterback that's really hard to contain. Fields might be out, though, now. Is he going to be out on Jan 8th, though? It's, I, it's his I think his status is, is unclear. I, I'm just saying there's a chance. There, There's a chance. But, yeah, I'm, it, I'm not saying it's simple. I'm saying the mentality that we had seen so far, I think, gives this team a good cha- a good opportunity if they can address things. And here's the thing, too, you guys. The cornerback and left tackle scare me right now. Like, I can't get past that. Here's the goal. Here's the goal. I know this is going to sound really disappointing for fans when they were 8-1 and one fans that were, oh, they're going to win 15 games. This team was never going to win 15 or 16 games. Take the hot start, bank it, and then hold on for dear life when you go through a rough stretch. Mm-hmm. So from this point forward, with the seven games they have remaining, and I just listed all those teams, There's these are, these are not gimme games. These are games that you're going to be favored in like at least half of them, but th- there's not like a gimme game on your schedule. If you can go four and three the rest of the way and finish with a 12 and five regular season record, you win the NFC North. You might be the number two seed, might, but you're definitely playing a home playoff game because you win the NFC North. Yep. And it would be a 12 win season in Kevin O'Connell's first year as head coach and Kirk Cousins' best season of any team he's ever led before. But I think because of the way they started yes. at eight and one, people would view a four and three finish or really be a four and four finish because of the Dallas loss as a disappointment. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. So I'm 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 saying four and three the rest of the way, and you're gonna be in, in really good shape and you're gonna feel good. I will anyways. I think you're right. But I, I think you I think you're right. I think if you win twelve games now, I mean this sounds crazy to say, but if they do exactly what you j- just said, I think it's going to be viewed as this disappointment, which it shouldn't be. No, I think you nope. are correct. Uh, I think it's time for Judd to guess some PFF grades here, boys. Okay, I got one of our most fun uh, exercises down, of the week to see if Judd's fifty years watching football, if his eye test, he's got binoculars at these home games. You got the peepers. The field goggles. Hold on. Field glasses. The field glasses. Hold on a second. If Judd's eye test matches up with the analytical scouting tactics of PFF. Judd, as you look out on the horizon there, do you see any companies that can help with things around the house? Hold on. Hold on. I'll check. Close your blinds. Um, yes, I do. I just saw it. I just saw it right now. Peeping Judd, peeping Judd here for my friends at Finch Home Solutions. Uh, So it's Christmas time. Peeping into your home, and I see some flickering lights. Well, hold on a second. It's Christmas time, and you're putting up the Christmas lights, right? Which you do once a year. I I get it. Once a year. 
But every once in a while, guess what happens when you flip the switch? Christmas lights don't work. Christmas lights oh. don't work because you're doing it once a year and weather plays a role and now the Christmas lights don't work and your kids are crying and your wife is agitated and oh. so are you. But you know what you do? You get on the phone and you call Finch Home Solutions. My friend Cody will come out. He will find out what's wrong. He will get those lights working in no time at all. 612 357 26 612-357-2604 or go to finchhomesolutions.com. And as Phil just said, if you got flickering lights, what you want to do here is you want to prevent something bad from happening. So when, when something goes wrong, don't wait. Finchhomesolutions.com. Call them as soon as possible. They will come out and fix the problem. They do great work. So check them out, FinchHomeSolutions.com. Get those Christmas lights working so those kids are happy. Yeah, and uh, while you're at it, it's the holiday season. It's easy to gain weight this time of year. It is. It is indeed. It's it's just uh, you know, people just kind of, they almost just punt until January. I don't want you to do that, though. I don't want you to do that. And most and more importantly than what Sports Dad wants is, is what my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers can do for you. That's right. Phil just said it. You know what? You're on the couch. You're watching games. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm gaining weight, but you know what? There's no but. Here's what you want. You want by the end of football season or by the start of spring, you want to fit into all of those clothes th- that are in storage now. You want to feel good, look good, and this is the key right now. Holiday deal. Save 50%. It's the best offer of the year. A 50% savings. So you're going to be dropping weight. Most importantly, you're going to be keeping that weight off. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com is your ticket to weight loss. In fact, you know what? Holiday season. Give yourself the gift of weight loss. Livia.com. There it is. Yep. Amen. All right. It's time for Judd to guess the PFF grades here. This will be a fun exercise. Who are the three best Vikings offensive oh. players on Sunday? Okay. So I've written down my guesses. So I am staring at them. I am not cheating, though, and this was incredibly tough. I think I know one. I don't know that I can get to three, but that's part of the job, so I'll try. Dalvin Cook, I think, is one. He was number okay. three, third okay. best player. Oh, because if he wasn't, I was really screwed. I'm, I've been racking my brain. Um, I don't think this guy had a bad game. He wasn't real statistically productive, but my God, who was? Justin Jefferson? Okay, he was fourth. So, he was fourth. Oh, wow, I was so close. Um. Can you give me an, any? I mean, I because I, I like tight ends. Yes, he's one. Uh, these are starting players. Starting players. Oh my god. Um. Okay, the offensive line. I can't believe has anyone. The tight ends. I think Hawkinson had a really rough game. Um. Okay, I'm going to guess more receivers. I'm going to guess Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is incorrect. He was uh, like kind of middle of the pack. I mean, this is so difficult. Did anyone from the line make it? Like, yes. I can't. Yes. Oh, they. Did. Oh, this is crap. PFF, I don't trust you now. If you had anyone from that line, all right. Um, 
So the only question is, who would have qualified? Uh, I'm going to guess Ezra Cleveland. Number one. After a historically bad grade. game in Washington, right? When mm-hmm. when he likes got a zero. All right. So I've got Ezra Cleveland. I've got Dalvin Cook. I've got one and three. So I'm missing two, uh, the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you I get guess. one more guess. One more guess. Oh, my goodness gracious this is so so tough okay I'm gonna guess Brian O'Neill wow look at this guy buzzer beater there it is yeah you know Brian O'Neill is old reliable man whenever everything else looks terrible he's generally the thing that's playing pretty well for the most part what does it say that this team I mean Kirk was basically under what could be called a historic pressure and two linemen still made it I'm so the, the three worst players among, well, Blake Brandle was the worst graded player. Oh, I, I, I'm supposed to guess that because I he's not my bad list. Well, we we don't I mean, do you, the you, we don't do the bad. We usually just do the best players. So why don't oh. you guess that? Okay, why, so I'll give you Blake Brandle. Okay, um, I'm, get, I, I'm. Have you been have you been here for the segment the last? I'm, I forget stuff. I for, I forget yes, stuff. you do. Okay, who are who are the other COVID, two worst players? You. Uh. Brandle? Not counting Alex Madison was low, but he only played 16 snaps. So okay. We'll take him out. My two guesses, Ingram and Derisaw. Derisaw was terrible before I got hurt. Derisaw uh, had two terrible plays, okay. but he, he was kind of mid-pack. And Ingram was the fourth worst graded player. Oh, wow. Brandle was the worst. We're looking okay. for two others here. Hmm. Interesting. I swore that those guys would have made it. Um, so worst. Did Kirk make the worst? Third worst. And this is, again, this is where people get tripped up. Well, what's he supposed to do? Well, yes, the offensive line was atrocious, but he also was not good. Okay. To compound it. And that's why you lose 40 to 3. And then when your offensive line's bad and your quarterback does nothing to overcome it, this is what you get. And then my last guess then is TJ Hawkinson. Oh, so close. Oh, wow. Johnny Munt. Johnny Munt. Uh, played 27 snaps, had just an atrocious atrocious grade. He was uh, one of the lowest graded pass protectors, too, so I don't know if he just got bowled over by Micah Parsons on a chip or something. How bad was Hawkinson? Hawkinson like was, the, was the fifth worst graded player. Okay. All right, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Who are the three best Vikings defensive players who helped give up 40 points in this game. Again, incredibly difficult, I'm going to guess. Um, and there, there was really no one who had a good day, but I'm going to guess Daniil Hunter was one of the best graded. He was the second best graded defensive player. And I'm going to clarify here. This is among guys who played at least 30 snaps. Okay. And so- there were some backups that played more than 30 snaps. They were rotating in defensive linemen and, and some other positions, linebacker and stuff. So um, so I guess what I'm telling you is there is there are two starters and one non-starter among the three best. You already nailed Daniil Hunter. And I'm going to I'm going to take a wild guess here that nobody from the interior defensive line makes th- this list because that run game got gashed so badly. Would you uh, like me to answer that, or are you just punching? No, I'm just I'm t- I'm talking to the to, okay. to the fans, the the viewers, the listeners on the podcast. I'm playing the game with them. See, sports dad, I 
like to participate. I like to have them participate from sure. their place. Um, all right. I don't think this guy had a bad game necessarily. I might be totally wrong. Uh, I'm going to guess Harrison Smith is in this mix of top three. He's kind of mid-pack. Okay. Mid-pack. He had like a 63 grade out of 100. Okay. Um, it's one incorrect guess. Yeah, and I still, so I need two, I still need two more. I've got Daniil Hunter. This is, again, this, these guys played so poorly as a team that it's very, very difficult for me to, um, Patrick Peterson? I don't think he was very good, but. Yeah, Judd's lost now. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm, I'm fair. Totally, Peterson was I'm like totally the off track. fourth or fifth. This looks like the fifth highest graded defensive player. Okay. All right. So I got one more wrong guess. I think I'm in huge trouble. He here. was I'm targeted worried. four times, four catches on the four targets for 41 yards. He'll tell you that's not true. Only he'll nine say, yards after the catch, though. Yeah. And he'll say PFF does not know what my assignment was. So, um, yeah, when you were over there all yeah. alone with that receiver, now, you that don't know. Me. I was just talking about. You don't know. That was me. That was. All right. Um, these teams pay PFF to do work for them. I know. And, these, and then and everyone's claim, like, ah, this is all BS. Your team is paying PFF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, you get one more guess. You need two more. One starter, one backup are uh, on this list. One starter, one backup. Uh, Cam Bynum. I'm going to go with another safety. He's the third one. Look all at right. Judd. Judd's back in the game. Oh, He's boy. back in the game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, so I've got Daniil Hunter. I've got Cam Bynum. And now I, I know I need a backup. <laughs> but he got, but he played a lot. He played, yeah, he played. Okay. Patrick Jones. Uh, 32 snaps. Patrick Jones. Patrick Jones was like in the top half uh, of great players. All right. Uh, I, I, and pro, forgive me for the pronunciation of his first name. Is it Kyrie's Tonga? I had no oh, Tonga. Kyrie's Tonga. So Tonga he's season. been pretty good this season. He's a six foot four, yep. three hundred twenty pound nose tackle. Interior, yeah. Was a seventh round pick for the by the Bears in the two thousand twenty one draft. Yep. And he was the highest graded defensive player for the Vikings. He's only played ninety snaps for the Vikings this year, but he's been very good. Number ninety five. You, you see him out there quite a bit now, mm-hmm. especially with Dalvin Tomlinson out. So. So, sorry, you you came up short on the defensive side of things. In terms of the worst-graded players, according to PFF, on the defensive side, mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks was the worst. Zadarius Smith was second worst. He had a bad I game. think he's injured, man. He is. And bad. then Chandon Sullivan, just ahead of Andrew Booth, who was the fourth worst. What what was Zalarius's snap count, Phil? Zalarius. Only 25 snaps yeah. for Zadarius Smith in that game. So he played. Uh, he played on. I want to say the first defensive series, but he didn't play at all on the second. And they spotted him big time, and he is definitely hurt. And that, you know what, too, that's the one thing is if we're talking because I think you hit it er- earlier just in passing and saying I don't think there's a ton of depth here. <laughs> so like, so like, if you've got Darisaw out, replacing him for anyone is going to be tough. But now, you know, in the secondary. Dantzler's a loss for sure. Evans was starting. He gets hurt. And now it's Booth. That's not good. And Zadarius Smith has no immediate replacement of you, you'll be fine. Because, I mean, this guy, 
up until Sunday was so effective. So that's a problem the, here. The Vikings as a team had 10 individual pressures. Now, yeah. you could have multiple on one snap. It wasn't 10 snaps that had pressures. 10 different pressures, individual pressures. Micah Parsons had nine by himself for the Cowboys. Insane. So, all right, there it is. That's your uh, Feedback Friday on a Tuesday. We had Judd Guess and PFF grades, and we're, I don't know, 48 hours away from uh, 50, maybe 54 hours away from the Vikings trying to get redemption on Thanksgiving against the Patriots. Vikings vent line, a Thanksgiving edition will take place right after that game is over on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys tomorrow for some Write That Down predictions.